The Word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the Word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our Saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's Word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to BromleyTownChurch.com. Good morning, everybody. It's good to see you in the house of God. We've got Lively in the house today. Praise the Lord. We like Lively. We like God to do things amongst us. Thank you, everybody, who's given to our special offering as well. Thank you for that. We're sowing into the children's work. BTC Kids is growing, and we really want to bless God for what he's doing there. Uh, plenty of challenges around the church. Plenty of things to, to, to war with God in. But we're here together this morning to, to worship him. Actually, one thing I want to mention, a few months ago, a couple of months ago, I was preaching and we were doing the series about soul plan because we were working towards this soul plan, keeping that in mind this year. And I'm talking about raising up a group of people to be evangelizing on the streets. Do you remember that? Yes. Hallelujah. A number of you gave me your names because you wanted to be involved in that. Yes? Yeah. Hallelujah. I haven't forgotten. Okay. <laughs> I did say it would take a little bit of time for us to get that organized. It will be organized soon, so watch this space and be encouraged and start praying so that we overcome every fear and trepidation and we take God's word out on the streets. This morning, we're starting a new uh, series called God's Family. We have a heavenly father, praise God, and as Christians, when we become saved, we become children of God. We enter into that family. And so that is something of what I want to unpack through this series. Ephesians 1 verse 5 says this, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. He has brought us into his family. So when we become Christians, then we actually join the family of God and we are part of his family. And we want to look at various aspects. In actual fact, this morning and probably next week, the way that we're going to do that, or the way that I can get into that, as it were, is by talking about the way that I myself came into relationship with Jesus Christ. So I want to talk about my own personal testimony. Now, I realize that some people here will have heard aspects of my testimony over the years. You pick up parts of it. But I'm also aware of the fact that many people here, some actually don't even know who I am. My name's Jonathan. I just want to say good morning to you. I'm the pastor here. It's good to see you. Some of you know things about my life. Some of you don't know anything. But I want to start telling the story of how God had brought me into his family and how I actually joined the family of God. You know, I look back in my life and I would now say that it was at the age of five or six when going to bed one night, my dad was uh, overseeing that and we were praying prayers and he led me to pray a prayer to ask Jesus into my life as a very young boy. And as I look back now, I believe that was the moment that God was at work in my life. But it wasn't that at that moment, as a five or six-year-old boy, I leapt out of the bed and cried, hallelujah, everything has changed. Because that didn't happen. But what did happen is that my dad knelt down by the bed with me, and simply as a child, I asked Jesus into my life and asked him to come into my life. But as the years roll on, and years do roll on, I mean, look at me now, um, things change and you go through different experiences. 
I was uh, taken to church as a boy. The church that my parents attended was East Street Evangelical Church. And it's, there is still a church there in East Street in Bromley. It's now actually New Covenant Church, but it's still a church, praise God. And that's where we were taken. And each Sunday I went there with my two sisters. I've got one older sister, one younger sister. And we went there. And we just were part of the services. The services, it was called a, a brethren church, an open brethren church, because they did believe in the presence, or the guy who led the church believed in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so the services were quite open. The first part of the service would be somebody from the congregation would say, can we sing this hymn? Or, can we, or they would start singing and everybody else would join in. Or somebody would stand up and pray. Or somebody would read a scripture. So it was quite open in, its, uh, in the first part of the service. And then we would always have communion, or as it was termed in those days, the Lord's Supper. We would gather around the Lord's Supper. And then after that, then somebody would bring a short message to the church for about 20 minutes. And this used to happen week after week. There was a clock at the front of the church. I can distinctly remember some mornings praying as a young boy. Move those hands, Lord. Make it go faster. So sometimes it wasn't always riveting for me as a child, but nevertheless, I learned a lot. And as I look back now, I recognize that God was teaching me things then that I can experience now, but I didn't understand it then. When we used to get home from church, uh, not just because it was a Sunday, but I suppose there was a sense in those days, Sundays were a different day. And so uh, my dad used to put on sort of church music. So we'd have church music. In those days it was on uh, these things, plastic discs, for those who don't understand. They were plastic discs. You used to put them in a machine and actually put a needle on them and music would come out of speakers. It wasn't digital. It was real. Well, sort of real. It actually had a crackling sound about it. And uh, so he used to play some hymn tunes he used to play. He used to play some choral pieces like Stainless Crucifixion. He used to play things like Handel's Messiah. So I used to listen to these things. And, you know, okay, this is it. Sometimes it was like, boom, Dad's got that stuff on. And sometimes it used to touch my heart. But I can distinctly remember he used to play or used to have sort of greatest hits type albums. So there'd be a little bit of Handel's Messiah, a little bit of something else. And uh, the part of Handel's Messiah, all we like sheep, I won't sing this right now, all we like sheep have gone astray, everyone has gone unto his own way. And then at the end of that choral piece, it comes like this, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. I can remember waiting for Sunday lunch, listening to this music, but those words affecting my heart. Because as I began to grow up, when I came to church, it was quite often, as a young teenager, I would be thinking like, God, please, I, I want to know you. Help me to become a Christian. And yet I would be praying prayers like that week after week, or if perhaps it had been a bit of a, a naughty week, then I'd be praying them uh, uh, fervently on Sunday. But I remember going through this motion of, of asking God, I want to know you, I want you in my life. Reflecting back on it, I would say I was already saved. And I say these things because you know what? It helps us. I don't know where you are at this morning. Some time ago, you might have prayed, Jesus, I want you in my life. But the thing with our lives is we go through so much stuff and there's so much junk and rubbish around us which we know nothing about. Did you know that that junk and rubbish affects your relationship with the Father? And you know what? We have to get rid of some things. We have to draw near to him that his presence may draw near to us. But I remember during these times of these gramophone records being played that God was drawing near to me. I didn't realize how powerful worship was. I didn't even know the word worship. I just knew that we sang hymns. So it was the singing of hymns. 
At the church, we used to have this morning service. There was also an evening service. And when I grew up, when I was a younger teenager, I used to go along. I actually know, even as children, we used to go along sometimes because after church, there would be something called an after-church fellowship, sort of old-fashioned word. And they'd bring out the green cups of sauces, and we'd have cups of tea and a bit of cake. And we'd sit around, and, and we'd have a chorus book. And some of the old ladies would say, well, can we sing this one? Can we sing this one? You know, like, wide, wide as the ocean... High as the heavens above, deep, deep as the deepest sea is my Saviour's love. I've also unworthy, still am a child of his care. For his love reaches me as his word teaches me everywhere. We used to sing songs like that. Some of you don't even know that one, do you? You wonder where I get them all from. They're all tucked away in there. I can remember one of the old ladies, and she often used to pick this chorus, which is one that we do know. And that was, even though I've forgotten what it is right now. <laughs> that was, yeah, I've got it now, don't worry. I was so busy thinking about how wide the ocean was. <laughs> Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. For the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. So there I was as a young boy sitting through these times, listening to these choruses being sung. And then when I cycled to school, I used to sing that. I didn't realize it was the presence of God that was touching my heart. I just thought this was just a song. I know that from Sunday. But something was touching my heart. And I used to sing that quietly. Well, quietly, I don't know. I was just singing it as I was riding along my bike. Nobody else knew. Nobody else mattered. But I knew that those words touched my heart. And I wanted to draw near to him. That was the experience. And so as I look back now, I think, God, you are so good. You helped me to learn how to worship you. When I never even knew because God is at work in our lives, even when we don't understand it. And he is wanting us to draw near to him. He is wanting to remove rubbish. He's wanting to shift things out of the way. He's wanting to make himself known to you. Even though you might feel, I'm unworthy. I've got all this stuff in my life. I don't know you, God. I want to encourage you, draw near to him, because he will draw near to you. Because God made a decision in heaven years ago. I love you, and I've chosen you for my own. He wants no one to perish, but everyone to come to salvation in him. Yes, I'm talking to you. Because there's somebody here that's feeling in their hearts right now, okay, it's, this is for the other people. This is for those that are church worthy. No one is worthy of him. So he sent his son that we might become worthy. No one is worthy. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But he sent Jesus to be our saviour. That is the truth. God is calling us into relationship. When I was growing up, God was watching over my life. He was drawing me to himself. As time went on, he was changing attitudes and thoughts. And as I was growing up, I began to become more earnest in my heart. Growing up into the family... And I, I want to look at a few things that affected my life as I was growing up. I'm now talking about being a slightly older teenager, so towards the end of my teenage years. 
I was praying often, as I was saying, Lord, come into my heart, come into my life, help me, change me. I was praying that often. So did I have a security in him? I don't know. I just wanted to know that I was safe in God. But as I grew older, I began to have a little bit more hunger. I know that my mum and dad, for one birthday, I think they gave me a Bible. And you know, when you're a teenager, hmm, <laughs> not altogether sure a Bible was the top present, you know what I mean. Respected it, had it, but not sure it's the top present. Anyway, I had this Bible, and it was leather-bound. It was small. It was small enough to fit in a back pocket. And obviously, I was 18, because I had a motorbike when I was 18. 17, 18, I can't do. 17, I was 17, so I had a motorbike. And I can remember once finishing church, and then a friend of mine also at the church had a motorbike, and he said, do you want to go on this motorbike? So I said, yes. So having come out of church with my Bible in my back pocket, I got on his motorbike, rode around the streets of Bromley a little bit, came back, only to discover the Bible wasn't there. Now you think, like, well, so what does that matter? Yeah. I don't know. Something mattered. And so I got on the bike again and said, I need to go back around the block again. Not just to have another go, but I'm looking for my Bible. I couldn't see it, so I had to come back home. And I felt, I felt something was wrong. And I must have been 18 at this time, because I was working up in London. And so at one lunchtime, I went up to a Christian bookshop and I bought another Bible. But then I began reading it. So I'd have this Bible and I'd read it on the train on the way up to work. God was at work in my life and he was starting to stir me. And I know that there was a guy at the church who encouraged me uh, to just to, we went around his house and we talked about the Bible and prayed and things like that. And I certainly remember during this period of time that prayer was starting to stir in me. They had a Wednesday meeting, um, which was called the prayer meeting, obviously a good meeting. And, and I started to go to that as well. And I love praying out loud, being part of those, joining in. Again, not understanding that as we pray, we're experiencing God's presence. And, and his presence comes amongst us. And as we are calling upon his name, the atmosphere can change. I know that now. I didn't know that then. I just thought, this feels good. This feels exciting. This feels like I'm connecting with something. You are connecting. You're connecting with heaven. Heaven is coming down to earth. It is affecting your life. But I didn't know what words to use. I just knew that at the prayer meeting, it sort of stirred my heart. I felt like the warmth of God upon my heart. But in these later years, so this was when I was about 20, I decided now is the time for me to be baptized. I wanted to be baptized. And so I was able to be baptized in East Street Church and... Uh, it was, a, it was a great time. It was a significant time. So I'd come to that point of saying, like, now I know that I believe Jesus and I want to follow Jesus. So that had taken something like 14 years in my life to get to that point. But now I was baptized and so I was on, the, on this road. And I was keen and I was seeking for God. And then something happened to me and I thought, you know what, I need to go to another church. And I look back at it now and I think, well, what? I, I, why did that happen? So I decided, having started in this church and having been in this church for all these years, I decided I needed to go to another church. So I went to another local church, which was Coney Hall Baptist Church. And I went there, and I was, I was focused. I can remember a scripture that I had in my mind at that time, which was 1 Corinthians 2, verse 2. And it says this, For I decided to know nothing among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. That was the scripture that I had when I went to this church. So I went to this church, and they had a young people's group, and I went after that, to that, and I started fellowshipping with these people and enjoying that with this focus. But I got slightly distracted as well. Because when I went to the church, 
I, went, I met Helen. Yay! And <laughs> Mark, on cue. Well done. Well done. That was right on cue. And so I met Helen, and that was, uh, well, I met her, we fell in love, and then very shortly afterwards we were married. So within a few months, it was about, actually I reckon it was about nine months between, well, eight months. Uh, <laughs> sorry, that was actually eight months, six days, and two hours. <laughs> sorry, I need to be accurate on that. And so we met and we got married, and, uh, and we set up home, and so we were living in Bromley for a while, and, uh, and life was good. God had done all of those things. And he had led me on those experiences, and God was good. And we were serving God together in Coney Hall Baptist Church. As we were going to church, and, and the vicar, there was a, a, the pastor, Reverend, whatever his name was, Rodney Collins, Rodney Collins, a great guy. And he was really encouraging us, and we were working with him, and, and, and times were good. Some of the people in the church began to get a little bit sort of excited and began talking about things like uh, baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now, from my church background, some of these words, baptism in the Holy Spirit, you just thought, I'd take that with, the, take that with some caution. Because <laughs> we love the Word of God, we love singing, we like the Holy Spirit, but what is all this baptism in the Holy Spirit stuff? And so people were talking about this. But being a, a person who was keen to find out more, I met up with one of the guys who had been baptized in the Holy Spirit and was talking about it all the time. And I went round to his house and said, explain. And he, and he was opening the scriptures and he was explaining verses. And I thought, great, I didn't really understand them all. But I just said, will you pray for me? And he prayed for me to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I came home that evening and I thought, well, I was a bit confused about the scriptures. I don't quite know what happened. I'm not sure whether that was a great time or not. But I went through it. So that was my experience. And then I came home and we were still interacting with these people and they were still encouraging. And another time we went to another prayer meeting and I was prayed for again. And I would say, like, nothing happened. But something was stirring within me. I had a desire to know God and to know him better and to know what this baptism in the Holy Spirit was about. And people who had been baptized in the Holy Spirit seemed to be able to speak in tongues. And that's nothing that I had ever experienced before. I don't even think I'd really heard people speaking in tongues. But I thought, well, I wonder if I could do that. And, you know, and I've been prayed for and what's happening? And so I was asking God, God, look, I've been prayed for. What's happening? I don't know. And I had this sort of word, borobosu, came to my mind. And I thought, gosh, that sounds like tongues. <laughs> it's certainly not English, I thought. So I thought, well, I've got this one word, borobosu, or two words, borobosu. So I began saying, like, God, borobosu, are you there? You know, like, and, and I must admit I was a bit confused, all right? Because it didn't exactly seem to be what was happening in the New Testament it wasn't quite flowing, but that's what I had, and I thought, I don't know. And I, I, we were going on like this. Anyway, uh, Helen and I had moved, or lots of things were happening. We were in a house in, in Coney Hall at this time. One evening, we're decorating. So you know what it's like when you get a new house. You've got to fix things up, and that's what you spend a lot of your time doing. So we were decorating the hallway. And somehow, the conversation got onto this whole idea of tongues and you know, the people we'd meet, we were meeting and what they're talking about. And so I just happened to say to Helen, you know, like, what about, what do you think about this? I don't know quite how the conversation came about, but I know that Helen suddenly says, I speak in tongues. Yeah. What? <laughs> it really was like, what? <laughs> what, 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 how, when? And, and Helen then starts unpacking this story about as a youth, 
because uh, obviously we were much grown up by then. As a youth, she'd gone to this youth camp, and it was a, uh, an Elim Pentecostal camp, right? And, uh, and so they were preaching about being baptized in the Holy Spirit, and they'd obviously had meetings where the young people were at, and then if you want to receive the Holy Spirit, go to this place, and we'll pray for you, and stuff like this. She said, yes, I got prayed for, and I started speaking in tongues. I'm like, wow, I didn't know. What's it like? You know, she said, well, I haven't really spoken for a while, or something like that, and I remember the thing about this evening, though, was that, so we've been doing this decorating, and for some reason, I went to bed, and I went to bed ahead of Helen, which didn't really happen. Usually, you go to bed at the same time, you know. I went to bed before Helen, and so I got in bed, I lay in bed, and I distinctly remembering, I saying, God, release me in the gift of tongues. I want to be able to speak in tongues. Release me in the gift of tongues. And I opened my mouth, and I'm like, whoa! What is this? So I did this. I said, I started trying it slowly. And I tried it fast. And I was like putting in English words in between. And I, it was just like, what has happened here? And I realized that God had just come and met with me. And you know what? That was an experience that I had. And it's almost like you have an experience and then you try to, well, let me just try and understand this. What is all this about? I'd heard people talk about it. I knew that God had, uh, people had taught me, well, Jesus will baptize in the Holy Spirit. So I had some idea, but it's almost like you can't put all the bits of the jigsaw together at that moment in time. You just know that God has done something. And of course, for me, there was just like a, a burst of energy in my Christian walk. Because God wants to baptize people in his Holy Spirit. God wants to move on people. God wants to release his gift, his ability to speak in tongues upon people. And so I was going through this, well, you know, what has happened to me? How did this happen? What has happened? And some of those questions I couldn't answer apart from the fact I knew this. I was not making it up. I didn't understand everything I was saying. But God had moved in my life. And even now, sometimes you get to that point, you think, well, God, what have you done? Or the enemy's pressing in on you, you get confused, and suddenly you start praying, and you tell me, this is what God has done. And nobody can take it away from me. It was a gift he gave. And it's something miraculous that he has done. And I know that some people may not understand it, but it has happened to me, and nobody can take it away from me. God moved, and he did something. And you know what? I now discover this. The Bible says this, that this gift is for everybody who believes in Jesus. On the day of Pentecost, and, and I guess we're going to jump some, uh, some scriptures here. Let me just have a look. Oh, okay, Acts, Acts, let me just give you, anchor this part with scripture. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. It says, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, this is Jesus was eating with his disciples, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water. This is John the Baptist. But in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, as we read our Bibles and we go into this, as, as Christians, even if you've had no experience of this, you'd be reading like, this is what happened in those days. And you go on from reading that in Acts chapter 1 to actually what happens in Acts chapter 2 when there was the day of Pentecost, 
when the Christians were gathered and God did something that they weren't expecting because there was a sound like the rushing of a mighty wind and it says that tongues of fire came down on the apostles and it, it showed on them and they started to speak in other languages and as they expressed these other languages, for them the languages were the, of the languages of the people who'd gathered in Jerusalem and so people from different areas and different countries who'd gathered in Jerusalem for the festival they gathered there and suddenly they were hearing the wonders of God being proclaimed in their own language. And they were saying, what on earth is going on here? Some people piped up and said, hey, these men are drunk. And of course, Peter stood up and said, hey, no, no, we're not drunk as you have supposed. But this is the work of God because God has poured out his Holy Spirit upon us. You see, that's what we read in Scripture, and that's what happened to them. But these were experiences that I had also experienced. I hadn't experienced the tongue of fire, but I had experience of being in bed, of being unable to speak, having just one word that sounded like a foreign word, borobosu. Is that what you're asking me? Is that tongues, God? Is that what you want to do? God, release me in tongues, and God released me according to his promise in the word of God. This is what God does to people who are members of his family. It's not my family. I can't dictate the terms. It's his family. And he draws people who have given their lives to him into his family. And he wants to strengthen those people with gifts like this. He wants to release his anointing upon the members of his family so they can carry out the family work and carry on with the family likeness in the way that they are. Don't forget, folks, if you are saved, if you have given your life to Jesus Christ, you are living here on earth, in case you hadn't noticed. You're living here amongst the problems of earth. If you hadn't noticed, you are living here with the challenges of what being on earth is all about. The, the difficulties of finding work or of being at work or of being in family, of raising kids, of living with other people, of, of having relationships, of also, you're amongst those things. But you know what you're here for? You're here to bring the affairs of heaven down in what you do to the people of this earth. So we are here literally to bring heaven itself down to earth. So that as people interact with us, as they have fellowship with us, as they're around us, they experience the things of God here upon the earth. I always knew these, these times we run out of time when we have communion. I remember that now. Let's get back to point on so we can finish this. Let's look at Acts chapter 2. So on the day of Pentecost, or just before the day of Pentecost, Jesus had promised that he is going to pour out his Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2 verse 37 uh, this is after Peter has been preaching on the day of Pentecost. So he's preaching to the crowd of people, explaining to them what has happened. And it, Brothers, the people respond, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter replied, he says, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you. This promise is for you and for your children and all who are far off and for all whom the Lord your God will call. This promise is for you. God wants to see people saved from their sins. That is, we are dealing with the issues that we have walked in. The things that we have done wrong, the lies that we have said, the adultery that we have committed, the fornication that we have got involved in, the, the stealing that has happened in our lives, the distrust, 
that all the stuff that we have done, which we know is wrong, Jesus came to forgive our sins so that we might have relationship with God. You see, but that is an entry point. That is coming into relationship with God. It's just the beginning. Because he wants to anoint you with his power so that you may be bringing the things of heaven down here upon the earth. That is what God wants for every person. He wants them to be saved from their sins so they're not following the ways of the enemy anymore, even as Johnny said earlier on in communion. But he wants to anoint them with power so that they can live for him. So what is all this speaking in tongues? Is it really of any help? Yes, it is of relevant help. If I could not speak in tongues, I would not be able to be in the position that I am now. Now that is a bold situation to say. But without it, it helps me so much to pray. Every day I use this language. And if you have the ability and you're not using it, then you are denying the power of God that has been made available to you for you to connect to heaven so that you can be an example and a representative of him here upon the earth. But I don't understand what I'm speaking. But the word of God says, when he who speaks in a tongue, he speaks not to man, but to God. And you know why it's so that we can't understand it? It's because God wants to take us away from our minds and our thinking. And he wants us to communicate to him from our spirits, spirit to spirit. So I use it, and it is so useful on many occasions when I think like this. I have no idea what to say. I have no idea where to start. I didn't even know how to open my heart up to you. I don't even know how to open my life up to you. I know you are God. I'm right now I'm feeling like I just want to go home and forget the whole thing about prayer. And yet something cries within me. It says, I want connection with heaven because that's the only thing that brings life to me. And without his life, we are unable to live properly on this earth. But he has called us by name to walk with him, and he wants to empower every one of us with his gifts so that we can walk in his ways and experience his power and his anointing because God is real and he wants to make himself real to each one of us so that we're not just walking around saying, oh, I go to church because there's a religiousness about us, but because we have, I know that he is real because he lives within my heart. That is another chorus that we could be singing. Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know, fills my every longing, keeps me singing as I go. These choruses come into my heart because of the work that God has done. I know you're thinking, oh, well, I don't know that, or what does it mean? I want to talk to you about the life that there is to be found in Jesus. And that life is made even more vibrant by the baptism that he wants to bring through his Holy Spirit. He wants to open himself to you. Paul says, I wish every one of you could speak in tongues. That's what Paul the Apostle said, because he, rep- he knew the importance that it is for the Christian to be empowered by God. It's not just, that, oh, I speak in tongues. It's nothing to do with that. It's that we may have the ability to communicate with him in an effective and powerful way that takes us beyond the mind. Because the mind starts to think, I need this, I have this need, God, why aren't you doing this? It starts to ask all sorts of questions. But when we start to pray in tongues, we go beyond the mind. 
My heart desires, O oh God, that you would bring the affairs of heaven down here upon the earth. My heart has need of you. You see, within ourselves, our spirits can cart to call upon heaven. With words that are beyond, oh, will you help me to pay the gas bill? With words that are beyond, will you help me with the relationship at work? With words that say, Father, will you connect with my heart to change me so that I might be an agent of change wherever you are? You see, we go beyond the natural mind. We go into the spirit. And God wants to start to connect to us. Listen, folks, there's a lot more that I could say to this. But I just want to say this to you here. Guys, come on. Have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? If you are saying yes, then I want to ask you, have you been, have you been able to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit in terms of being able to speak in other tongues? And if you have, are you using your language? Or is it shut away in a cupboard and forgotten? I'm not quite sure how to use that. I'll pack that away. I won't use it because I want to ask you to dust it off. I want to ask you to bring it out. I want to ask you to start using it because we need people who are connected to heaven in this day and age. Because the church has gone to sleep. The church has gone into this place of like, oh, we're just doing a few things. We're doing a, singing a nice few songs. We're, we're, we're handing out a few bits of food to people. That's not the church alone. The church does those things because we want to connect to people. The church is a place where the glory of God is being displayed to the earth. The church is a place of changed people who though they may come up against all sorts of frustrations and difficulties, their connection is with heaven and they're seeking to draw heaven here upon the earth. God wants to enable people to be baptized in his Holy Spirit. So if you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you have got that gift, I want to say to you, please, will you make a new reference before God? And will you say, Lord, help me to use this gift. Help me to use this gift for your glory. Help me to pray. Help my prayer life to come alive. Listen, the absence of prayer shows the self-reliance that we have. The presence of prayer shows that we're calling upon heaven. And only you know what the state of that is in your life. But I can say this, God is wanting more because he loves you and he wants a relationship with you. You may be here and you're saying like, well, I've been born again. I gave my life to Jesus, but of this Holy Spirit, that's never happened to me. I've prayed many occasions. Do you know what I prayed? Was prayed for twice at least to receive that. And I would walk away at that time and I would say, nothing happened. Nothing happened. I got one word, borobosu. I might have even made that up in my mind. I don't know. It sounded foreign. It wasn't doing anything for me. But God wanted to do something far greater than that. And I have faith. I have faith that God, according to his word, wants to bring that to other people's lives. Amen. Because I am not special. This is not about whether you're a pastor of a church. I was an ordinary person doing an ordinary job, living an ordinary life with an extraordinary wife. Uh, uh, hallelujah. 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 I, can, I cannot say that my wife is ordinary. Hallelujah. Though I joke, listen, the truth is this. 
that I was an ordinary person, but God wants to do extraordinary things in ordinary people. And it's not according to my word, it's according to his word. You will lay your hands upon people, and sick people, and they will recover. Listen, Paul laid his hands upon people in Ephesus. He says, have you received the Holy Spirit? He said, well, we've been baptized. Well, they've been baptized as Christians. They've been baptized for the repentance of their sins. They've been baptized in the knowledge of what John the Baptist had done. So yes, we've been baptized in water. But Paul says, you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And he laid his hands on them and they received the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's what the Word of God says. And if you go into Acts, you see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost with the Jews in Jerusalem. And as you move through, and as they get under persecution, they go out to Samaria. Philip goes to Samaria. He preaches the Word of God. The kingdom of God comes amongst the people. They see signs and wonders. And then the apostles come down. They lay their hands on people. And they are baptized in the Holy Spirit in Samaria. Because God wants to bring His power and His life. God is not dead, he is alive. And he wants people who know that he is alive. And that is why the things of heaven are coming to earth. And when Paul went to Ephesus, as I've said, he saw these Christians, he said, what's the matter? What baptism have you received? Listen, you need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. And they came forward and they received as Paul laid his hands on them. Listen, we're going to stand up and worship. But I want to say this to you. If you have not if you have not ever been, been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you want to, then I want you to come straight down here because I want to lay my hands on you that you may receive the Holy Spirit. It's not about me. You come to receive from the Father. If you have been prayed for and you think like, gosh, I've been prayed for once, twice, a hundred times and nothing has happened, come again with faith because the Father wants to release His anointing upon you. He wants to set you free. If you even have the stirring of the Spirit, you can start worshipping Him in tongues. You can start praising Him out of your heart because God is good. Listen, if that is applying to you when this music starts, you want to receive prayer, come down the front this morning because God wants to meet with you. Hallelujah. Listen, I know that there are folk here. You might be afraid, you might be worried, but God wants to bless you and God wants to empower you and God wants to release you. If you are here and you, you know what, you, I can't speak in tongues. I've tried and nothing has happened. Just come forward because we want to lay our hands on you that God would give you his mercy and grace. God wants to do his work in your lives. That is what he wants. Let's worship him again. We're going to close our service there. But if you still want prayer, then please do come down. You know, this is a gift, a gift from God for you. So please come and receive that gift for you this morning. So we're going to carry on praying for people down here. Um, if you need to go and get your children, then please do that. Um, youth, don't forget to gather at the back there with Charlotte and Paul and you go off to Nando's. Parents of youth, don't forget your meeting in the church lounge. Connect, BTC Connect is also happening after church at 12.15 upstairs, so please don't forget that. Guys, don't forget to sign up for your breakfast on Saturday. Get your tickets and invite your friends, but get your tickets today. And uh, we just want you to have a blessed week this week. And uh, enjoy a cup of tea and coffee too. So please 
Um, don't have to rush away, um, but get your tea and coffee. Talk to someone that you don't know or talk to someone that you do know. But be blessed and have a good week. Amen.